Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abernathy. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Electrician Live. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, as always. And I want to thank you for listening to our podcast again another month in a row. We have exceeded 300,000 unique listens to our podcasts on at least 20, I guess, other platforms that rebroadcast or resyndicate our podcast. So again, we have hundreds of them, so there's a lot of them out there being listened to. Um, most certainly do we not mean one episode is being listened by 300,000 people. No, it's cumulative over our monthly totals from all of the different uh, uh podcasts and videos that we put together because we have a service that actually monitors the the actual listens based on all those platforms that all tie back to Spreaker, which is what hosts our podcast. So thank you for the success of all the podcasts and thank you for listening. Uh, Now, today's episode is based on an email that came to me by an individual who I guess watched a video somewhere or a presentation dealing with NMB in an attic space and asked me a question and wanted me to clarify some things. So I figured I would do that. One being that I also work for a wire and cable manufacturer, but two, serving on various code-making panels and having individuals that work for me that actually serve on certain code panels that would deal specifically with different wiring types and wiring methods and the rules that are associated with them. So I have a a, a unique input on that, as well being a co-author of the residential wiring book done by Cengage, um, I have a, a unique perspective to be able to share with this in order to answer this individual's question. And we'll just call the individual Bill uh, for anonymity. And Bill brings up a, a question. And his question is, can you elaborate on protecting non-metallic sheet cable in an accessible addict? And what are the rules? He thinks that it's pretty confusing. And, of course, he listens somewhere where I guess he got more confused. I don't know where he got it, but he was 
more detailed. He didn't reveal anything. He just said that, can you explain it a little better? Because I got confused. And I'm like, okay, well, that'd be a great episode for us to do that. Now, so we're going to talk about inaccessible attics uh, because as an electrical inspector for many years, uh, and I'd go to job sites, and I would notice that people would run non-metallic sheet cable in the attic across the floor joists of the attic, which happened to be the ceiling joists for the room below, by the way. And they would run them across it, but they would not support it and secure it properly. Now, the so supporting was taken care of because it was running across the top of the uh, floor joists for the attic space. Uh, and they weren't securing it, though. And so you still got to meet all the requirements at 334.30 for securing and supporting. So they can't be just looped up there and just whipping around. They have to be secured every four and a half feet, just like is required in 334.30. So that doesn't change. Now, I think where people get confused is because when you run it through board holes, that it's considered secured and supported uh, by reference to the National Electrical Code. So it's all good. But when you run it on top of the joist, then people wonder, what do you have to do? Well, you still have to secure it and still have to support it. That doesn't change, right? So that's what we want to address today is what about the physical damage or how do we protect the NMB when we run it in accessible attics? Obviously, it's going in an attic that's considered accessible, whether it's from pull-down stairs or permanent ladders uh, or a stair system or whether it's just a scuttle hole. Uh, where you just have a little, uh, many times just a piece of the gypsum board that fills a space and you pop it out and you, you use a ladder and you get up in that space, maybe store some boxes. We won't get into whether or not the ceiling joists are designed for weight and storage. We'll leave that to the building guys. But again, that's what we'd be talking about in the design. What do we do with the NMB that's above that area? Uh, and so that's considered the accessible attics. So if you've got your National Electrical Code, we're obviously going to be dealing in the 2020 edition. So, Bill, make sure you've got your code book and go to Article 334. Now, the question is going to specifically deal with a couple other, at least one other uh, section in the code under a different article. And we're going to give direction to that in 334.23. But we want to start there. Um, and it says, in 334.23, we're dealing with inaccessible attics. And obviously, we're in non-metallic sheet cable, so that's you know what we're dealing with. It says, the installation of cable in accessible attics or roof spaces shall also comply with 320.23. Okay, so 320 is AC cable. Now, you'll also notice that the same thing gets referenced in 330.23 as well. And that is for MC cable. So the point is, they're not wanting to code panel 6 does not want to regurgitate the information. All they're going to do is say, okay, here's some rules, and what we want you to do is you want you to go to 320 because, again, why not just have everything in, in one location and just make it simple? So it, it says the exact same thing in 330.23 as well. So since we're dealing with accessible attic spaces, we're going to go to 320 uh, and .23, and we're going to look and see what it says, and we will be able to use that to encompass both NMB, AC cable, and MC cable, all within the same discussion. All right, so if you got your code book, turn it over, and we're at 320.23. Now, here's what it says. It says, inaccessible attics. It says, type AC cable. Of course, we know that we could be saying type AC, type MC, type NMB, because all of them reference us here. It says, inaccessible attics. 
or roof spaces shall be installed as specified in 320.23 A and B. So A and B is going to apply where applicable. So maybe you're only dealing with an A application, which is cables run across the top of floor joists, or B, which is cable installed parallel to framing members. Okay, you have two different, it might meet A and B. If they're both applicable, then you have to meet them both. Okay, but they both might not be applicable to your installation. So let's look at it here. The very first one is 320.23A. Cable runs across the top of floor joists. Okay, let's, so let's set the tone here. We have a one-family dwelling. We have an attic space. And it is above, let's say, the bedrooms and the second floor. So it's an attic. And let's start with the premise that we can get to that attic space by, let's say, pull-down stairs. Or a permanent, uh, maybe it's a... Uh, a little room up there that is basically not finished off, but you've got the floor joists and maybe a little few pieces of plyboard down, but it's really, you still got the joists and you see insulation between the joists and all this kind of stuff, okay? So if it's allowed to be able to get there by some permanently installed steps or stair system or pull down ladder, all that's considered permanent. So that's where we start with this consideration that it's permanent. So what does the code say? It says cables run across the top of floor joists. And remember, if you're in the attic, those are floor joists at the bottom under your feet. Uh, If you were in the floor below, they would be the ceiling joists, right? Okay. So these are the floor joists that we're talking about. Now, it says where run across the top of the floor joists or within seven feet of the floor or floor joists across the face of rafters or studding The cable shall be protected by guard strips that are at least as high as the cable. So let's kind of give it this scenario. We have steps, pull-down steps that's going to an attic. Um, Okay, so once we're there, if we've got cables that are running or looping up, let's say, you know, very common in bedrooms, you know, up second floor bedrooms, that they would loop it up, drill a hole, go up above the ceiling joists, and then run it across and then back down to another receptacle. Well, that's running across the floor joists, of the attic space. If that's the case, you have to protect it. That entire space, if that's the plate, you have to protect it with some type of guard strips. Now, of course, you could run it through board holes and you wouldn't have to do that, okay? But in this case, you have to, if you're going to run it across the face of it, then you need to protect it with guard strips. Now, this also applies anywhere in that attic up to seven feet. So up to seven feet or anything within seven feet of the floor or floor joist, and when we say within it, that's all directions, okay, is going to require that you have the um, guard strips. That's why it says or. So it's automatically required for the top of the floor joist. That already is a game, you know, that's in play. Then it says or within seven feet of the floor or floor joist across the face uh, of rafters or studding, Okay you're going to have to have these guard strips. So from the floor or floor top of the floor joist up seven feet, this is what you're going to have to apply, okay? Now, that's the guard strip requirement, and that's irrelevant to the fact that somebody looks at it and goes, well, I'm not going to put anything up there. It's irrelevant. If you have permanent access to it, then you're going to protect it. Uh, and so one of the cases I see in a single family is that they um, – I have them above the the floor, you know, on the floor joists, and not all of the space is finished off. Maybe they got a couple pieces of plywood down, 
um, and they store boxes or whatnot. But if there's other areas up there that have NMB, for example, running over the top of the floor joists because they didn't want to bore them or drill them, then they're going to have to have running strips. Uh, and usually they're going to be two by fours. It has to be at least um, it has to be at least as high as the cable. Okay, shouldn't be a problem um, in order to to protect it up there. And that's the entire attic space, by the way. And again, it's the entire floor joist coverage as well as up seven feet. Now, here's where people get this wrong. Is that then you go into the next sentence. And this is very common for even educators or people to get this wrong. The first one is dealing with a permanent application, and in itself is a wholeness to itself. What it says next, it says, where the space is not accessible by permanently installed stairs or ladders, protection shall only be required within six feet of the nearest edge of the scuttle hole or the attic entrance. Now, a lot of people will misconstrue this as being only a horizontal requirement. This is not just a horizontal. This is kind of like taking a hole and putting a bowl over it. It's in all directions, okay, from the nearest edge of the scuttle hole, straight up, straight out. It's a total thing. It's not just a horizontal. There's no reference in here to horizontal only. And I use the example would be the receptacle required to be uh, um, within... um, uh, three feet of the sink, let's say in a bathroom. Okay, that is not just a horizontal requirement. It could be left, right, up, whatever. Again, it is uh, doesn't say horizontal. Okay, so many people want to read this into being just a uh, just only a horizontal rule. That would be an incorrect interpretation because that's not what it says here. You have the first rule, which deals with permanently installed applications, um, stairs, and, and, and ladders, because the premise is people are going to be carrying large items up there, and it could damage um, the actual NMB in that area. However, if you only have a scuttle hole, then it is very limited. Okay, And so in that case, you only have to protect it within six feet of the nearest edge of the scuttle hole, and that is in all directions, okay? Not just a horizontal requirement. It's horizontally and vertically. Now, there is some misconceptions out there that the you would still have to go up seven feet from the a scuttle hole in that area. That is not true. That is not true at all. It is six feet out, okay? Six, six feet out in all directions if it's not accessible by permanent means, Okay, so it's it's not like you ha- you intermingle the two. If it's per- if it is permanently accessible, then you have the top of the joist, and then you have this seven feet, and then it goes into say, okay, well if it's not accessible by permanent means, then the protection that we just talked about shall only be required within six feet of the nearest edge of the scuttle hole or attic entrance. And there's also people that say if you put it closer to the edge where the actual um, clearance is reduced and you couldn't really get in there, then it's protected anyway and you wouldn't need any running strip because nobody could get over there to put a box in there because it's restricted by the angle of the roof. Okay, so we have to look at this and understand how this is, is divided up. It is uh, There's a misconception that the six foot is only horizontal. It doesn't state horizontal. Okay, it says six feet from the nearest edge of the scuttle hole. 
coat, so it goes out six feet, but then it says of the scuttle hole or the attic entrance. So it's six feet in all directions. Is okay now. If I have a ceiling that is seven feet above the scuttle hole, then my protection requirement's only going to go out six feet. If again, it is not accessible by permanent installed uh, stairs or ladders. Okay. So again, answering Bill, there's a misconception that the two correlate and they do not. Okay. Whereas the first one which is going to apply to where run across the top of floor joists, all right, or within seven feet of the floor or floor joists across the face of rafters or studding, the cable shall be protected by guard strips. That is the protection. That is the general, okay? That's the rule. However, it goes on to say where this space is not accessible by permanent installed ladders or stairs, protection shall only, only, be required within six feet of the nearest edge of the scuttle hole or attic entrance. Again, the misconception is that is a horizontal rule only, and there is nothing in the code that specifies that that is a horizontal only rule. Okay, Uh, But at at the end of the day, can you protect it if it's within seven feet? Do you want to do that? That's perfectly fine, but it's not required under B. The B gives you the reprieve, to not have to do that, okay? So it's a very common misconception. So I just wanted to make sure that we pointed that out. Now, again, I'll remind you that this also applies not just to NMB, even though it references back to 320. That obviously applies to AC, but it also applies to MC cable as well. So same application, uh, same scenario. Okay, so the next thing we want to look at is 320.23B because we're dealing now with Cables that are installed parallel to framing members. Now, here's what B says. It says, where the cable is installed parallel to the sides of rafters, studs, or ceiling or floor joists, neither guard strips nor running boards shall be required. Obviously, it's going to go below the surface or the edge of the stud or rafter or ceiling or floor joist, whatever. Uh, but you still have to meet the rules of 300.4D, which means you have to maintain that that inch and a quarter separation from the edge to the edge of the cable assembly, again, for nails and things like that. So still, so this is a great example where we reference 300.4D, even though we're up here in, in 320, okay? So again, a good understanding of how this works um, and to kind of elaborate, I guess, maybe a little Maybe I should elaborate a little bit on this. So let's talk about if you did have the permanent stairs or ladders, you know, pull-down ladder, or maybe it's a steps that lead up to an attic space, okay? So again, the rule, the first paragraph says that the cables that are within seven feet of the floor or the floor joist, so it could be a finished floor as well, wouldn't matter, it's still an attic, um, can, again, if that's the application, and you're going to have to, to protect it. And you're going to have to put something like uh, run guard strips on it. Now, could I run through board holes that are up there? So instead of running it on the surface, let's just say I run it through board holes. Okay, and maybe I'm not actually going to run it on the surface. Well, we just saw that what happens if you run parallel, you're okay as long as you maintain that inch and a quarter under 300.4D, right? So that's an easy one because 
Nothing would prohibit me from running it through the board members. As long as I meet all of the rules uh, in 300.4D uh, for protection. And they're considered protected. So if I needed nail strips or, or you know, nail plates uh, over them, if they were less than an inch and a quarter, yes. Okay? So installations in these spaces, if I want to bore the holes through the framing members, perfectly fine. I don't have a problem with that. Okay? Meet all the rules for protection under 300.4D. Now, cables that happen to be installed higher than seven feet under this rule can run across the face of framing members, and you don't have to do nothing. They don't need any running boards. They don't need a thing because they're higher than seven feet. This rule only goes up seven feet if it, again, is an attic that's accessible by permanent stairs or ladders. Okay? Now, if I'm going to run them across the surface of these rafters and studs, and they're going to locate it within seven feet of the floor or floor space or floor joists, then again, I'm going to have to protect them with guard strips. And they have to be at least as high as the cable. We've already kind of covered that. Okay. All right, so not that, not that big of a deal. Nothing overly complicated about how that's run. Uh, if I want to run them parallel to the rafters, studs, or floor joists, that's running along parallel with it, running in the same direction as the joists or the studs, then I'm okay as long as I follow the rules in 300.4D and I maintain an inch and a quarter space from the edge of that framing member then I am good to go. Not a problem. Okay? All right? So that pretty much covers most of, of all of this. Uh, and if you have any uh, you know, additional questions, then always, always feel free to email me because I do get these questions a lot. And they hear things here and there in certain places and things like that. And, and a lot of times it's important um, that I explain or elaborate on it so that you understand it so you're not confused. So as a summary, if I've got permanent stairs in an attic, whether I'm doing NMB or MC cable or AC cable, if I'm from a finished floor or the top of the floor studs, or the floor joists, I should say, up to seven feet, I have to protect it from physical damage if I run it along the surface. If I bore holes and run it through bored holes, then I don't have to do anything. I do have to still meet all the rules in 300.4D to make sure that those cables are installed in the center of the joists uh, or the center of the studs, so I'm maintaining an inch and a quarter uh, of separation from the edge of the, of the, the board hole to the actual um, edge of the framing member. So I have to make sure I meet all our general rules, but I don't have to do anything additional. Um, if I install it over 7 feet, then I can run it on the surface. I don't have to do anything. Okay, now, if I'm going to go through a scuttle hole, then we, you know, the summary is that I, if, if I've got a scuttle hole uh, and it's not permanent, then I only have to do the protections requirements that we just talked about, that is guard strips, if it is within six feet in all directions. Okay, there is no rule in there that says it only applies horizontally. Okay, so it's in all directions from the access or the, the edge of the scuttle hole. So it, it's an all-encompassing, kind of, again, like putting a bowl over it. It's in all directions. But the seven-foot rule does not apply here, okay? It only, the guard strip requirement only applies within the six feet around the actual scuttle hole that the protection is required, okay? Now, the reason for this is most of the time these accesses, these scuttles, uh, the attic is not designed for storage. It's not designed 
for you to be putting uh, you know boxes and things, although people do, it's not really designed for that weight. It might be just a truss system, and it wasn't designed to support weight anyway. So it's going to be very limited to usually around within six feet of the access area. So that makes it okay to be able to, to do this. But you don't have to cover the entire area this you know with the guard strips once you get beyond the six feet of the scuttle hole. Okay. All right. So that's that is the. Uh, how the rule reads. Hopefully you got something out of that, cleared up any misconception, anything you might have been confused about. If you have any other questions, feel free to reach us. But again, uh, today's show was sponsored by uh, electricianpride.com. I'm going to run that commercial. Thank you for joining us and uh, just sit back for this commercial. Today's show is sponsored by electricianpride.com. Your one-stop shop for electrician-specific t-shirts, hoodies, phone cases, mugs, die-cut stickers, leggings, and so much more. Featuring unique designs for electricians, journeymen, and master electricians, as well as electrical engineers and electrical inspectors. For more information on all the products that are available, visit us at www.electricianpride.com today. All right, so again, hopefully you got something out of today's episode. Listen to our podcasts over on electricianlive.com. You'll see the podcast button. Uh, we're available also on Spreaker, Spotify, Deezer, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcast. Uh, gosh, um, Spotify, it's where I listen to all my podcasts. There's a lot of them. We thank you all for joining us for those. Until next time, folks, stay safe and God bless. You've been listening to Electrician Live. With your host, Paul Abernathy. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.